Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The award-winning seven-seat Kia Sorento. Kia, official partner of the FIFA Women's World Cup 2023. Australian-owned and supporting communities, the arts and you. Join Lumo Energy today for a brighter essay. This is Sports Day. Yeah, good evening, Malcolm Blight and David Wildey Sports Day. SAL thanks to Polaris, Australia's number one selling side-by-side brand. The new Polaris plate clearance deals are on right now. Save two grand on the Ranger, 1,000 EPS plus get $1,000 free accessories as a welcome. The great man, Malcolm Jack Blight and Blighty, a big day for... Port Adelaide and a big day for Adelaide, a coach and a champion player for the Crows has re-signed. Yes, David. Hi, good evening and good evening, everyone. Yeah, great news. Uh, we'll, we'll start with Rory Sloan first. Uh, I, I think it's a really good call. I, he did that major knee the year before. He's worked his way back in. He's had some really good quarters and halves, not full no, He's games. had a pretty good year. Yeah. yeah, and I think now to keep him, he'll be, he'll be a fraction fitter. And I just remember when it was announced today, I thought of Mark Bickley as he finished his career, coming on and off the bench late. So Rory Sloan as a sub to help out some young players at some games during the year next year would be a great call. Yeah, I think they've done it pretty well too, Adelaide. So well done there. And Ken Hinckley, as no real secret here, we all thought he'd get two more years than he has. But uh, here's, Rory, here's Rory Sloan um, on the conversations arriving at re-signing. Oh, yeah, well, that was just a chat, um, I suppose, probably over the last few weeks. Um, I feel really good, body feels great. Um, felt like I've been really solid and, yeah, just so exciting around this group. Um, we obviously want to push this year to still make some finals, but um, the whole future ahead as well. The club's in a great, great spot at the moment. So, yeah, just to continue to be part of that, really, and, and help this group grow, um, that's really my aim. Yeah, yeah, and someone else who's going to help their group grow is Ken Hinckley. I mean, it's an amazing... When you think of what happened early in this year and some of the criticism, and over the years on, Ken, he's got a 60% win rate. I did the numbers today. 146 wins, 98 losses. I mean, that is 60%, David. That's, that's almost impossible. And he's almost been through two births of the club now. He's done the first one where you do all the hard yards. They've played in Prelumi finals. Now they've got this lovely group of young midfielders that we all love. And yeah, not and, even Clarkson was that, was he? No, all, they, all that. You know what I mean? And it's, it's really interesting. Anyhow, two more years for Ken. Um, he's, it's going to be a 13-year stint, which uh, I'm sure he'll see out. Now, I've got a feeling a grand final is on offer this year, next year, and maybe even yeah, the year after. Yeah, in those years. Yeah, with, Sweet spot. Yeah. Because those kids now at 22, 23 are going to be 25, 26. And we know how good they are and how good this club can go. So I think it's a great call from Port Adelaide. And all the detractors, just leave it alone now, will you? Let the bloke get on with his job. Let the, let the players play and the club run the club. I think most Port fans will be happy with that. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. if you want your say. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Port Adelaide always said they'll wait to August. Strange time, but maybe they thought they wouldn't be as high as they are. When, when you're sitting in, I think they can end up in second position winning their last couple of games. He, he has to go on. I mean, what more can a coach do, Blighty, than get him to, well, what, 
more he can do is perhaps go and win a grand final or get to a grand final. But so far, that's all he could be asked of. Absolutely. And also, we should mention too that um, ended up being a great player, Jack Rewald, the Richmond yeah. full forward, 11 oh, time leading goal kicker, three premierships, 346 games, going to finish. He started out as a, as a, I'm going to say this, as a wimpy kid, but grew into an an almighty yeah, player. And I reckon in early days, maybe he's a little bit selfish, ended up being terrifically unselfish. Incredibly, he's still 14 goals behind um, the great Matthew Richardson. Richardson yeah. It just shows how Richo, who played on the wing as well. Yeah, just what a right career, at the end. Yeah, right mag- at the end. magnificent career from Yeah, and he, I, you know what I loved about him? He absolutely didn't hold spare the horses when he jumped to the ball, mate. He jumped as honestly as anyone in the game. That's all the good oil thanks to Cobram Estate Premium Australian Extra Virgin Olive Oil. So we said it's terrific stuff, that Cobram Estate. Now... Today, on the AFL website, uh, afl.com.au, yeah, .au, I think it is, nine reporters, David, have done a prediction for the ladder, the AFL predictor. Now, we were going to talk about it, and we should talk about it, but this is one, I, I, for, for anybody out there that hasn't seen it, we know who the top five are, won't it? there's any doubt. This is what the nine votes were given in sixth position will be Geelong. So they win their last two. Yeah. In seventh position will be... Not Adelaide. Adelaide. I had him eighth. Adelaide. And in eighth position is the Western Bulldogs. So... So no Sydney. No Sydney miss and St Kilda miss. Listen to this. St Kilda play Geelong and Brisbane. Thank you. Yeah. That's tough. So they'll probably lose both, you think? That's what they're saying. Now Sydney miss because they're saying Adelaide will win and Melbourne will also beat them. But if Sydney win one, one game, uh, yeah, yeah. it changes their no, no, whole I'm, scenario. I'm, hey, okay. This is what I, they're saying. This is what they are okay. saying. Now, we can say what we like, but I just thought there were nine people involved in this that watch every game of footy. Like, we watch nearly every game of footy too. It, it is an interesting thing, isn't it? Now, one, one mishap on the weekend, like if Sydney beat Adelaide, everything changes. However, that's what nine people have agreed to. Don't count Sydney out on the last no. game. Right? Because Melbourne might be entrenched in the four anyhow, so it doesn't yep. really matter that last round. You know, you might be resting players or doing this or that, but Sydney, are, what are they ahead of Adelaide? Two points or, or six points, points at the moment? Yep, yep. Yeah, I, I still think Sydney will probably make the eight. But I, I, They're the incumbents now. They've got 46 points. One more win Adelaide should get six. them in. That's exactly right. So they've got to win one of the last two. Now, this, just to finish this off, <laughs> this is not us. This is, this is nine learned people. Collingwood would finish on top. Yes. Port Adelaide finish second. They win them all, yep. Melbourne finished third, Brisbane fourth, and Carlton fifth. So Port Port play Melbourne first final. That's right. According to this. To that. And Collingwood would then play Brisbane at the MCG. Yeah, right. And you back them all day, every day. Okay, let's let's go to John. Uh, yeah, Port fans, if you're happy with the Ken Hinckley, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Hi, John. Yeah, no, nah, very happy, boys. Very happy, fellas. Ken's uh, done a good job. And Malcolm, you know, first-hand, first hand, you sound all that by kids. When you got stupidly got the DTM from Secured all those years ago, he walked with you, if I remember correctly, in 2001. So, no, nah, he's a credible bike, and he's doing a bloody good job. And never in the debate himself, he's back. He's got a 60% win-loss ratio. For non-Victorian club, that's pretty bloody good. And uh, I want to talk about the SRFL. I love the SRFL. We all grew up with it. And um, I prefer to watch it 
rather the sanitise, overhot, overexposed AFL. I know the players are nowhere near as good these days, but it's just amazing. And um, David, I ask you this: what would even buy? They stand out as the best South Australian footballers you've seen. Because growing up in the late '70s, through the '80s, yeah, those are the three names that I heard about. Well, I played. Robert even buy? You order forever. Yeah, I as I played um, with Barry, who's my first coach, and played against Malcolm and, and Russell, and I think clearly the the three best, um, and that's why there's three statues. You don't hand out statues. The only other one is Ken Farmer, who was even Malcolm says he has to be a legend one day. What he's done, and I got no doubt you can pick whatever order you like, but to me, Bloody and and Robin Ebert are the three best I've seen. And I would have loved to see Ken Farmer play as well. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Eleven hundreds in a, in, a, in an era when that didn't happen. I mean, uh, would we have a competition in Australia? It was. I mean, uh, you know, he kicked twenty three in a game, never got the votes. Yeah. You'd be pissed off, <laughs> wouldn't you? Then won a McGarry Medal for all those goals. Like, no, but I mean, well, we know Fred Phyllis's one. We know Tony Lockett's one. One. They're the only many. two. No, they're the only two that I know of in the whole of the football world that ever history. won one. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, in the old days, the full backs won one, though, haven't they? Yes, they have. And sent up backs. Yes, but... they have. But yeah. now, I was going to talk about that, David. Funny you mentioned that. You know, in the uh, votes, in the um, coaches', coaches votes, votes, yeah. I just did some numbers on it today. There, there are top twenty. Ten Houston, the Port Adelaide player, is the twentieth player with fifty-five votes. Nick Dacos leads it in front of Zach Butters. Connor Rosie is in there, and Jordan Dawson. So they're the four from the South Australia. Um, there are what I'd call 16 absolute midfielders. Out of the 20. Right. Now, Toby Green is a half-forward mid. He's played mainly forward. forward. Yep. yep. Jack Sinclair is a half-back mid. Yep, yep. Luke Jackson is a ruck forward. Yep. So really a midfielder. And, and Dan Houston is, is a that half-back. It? That's it. So, you know, when, when the Brownlow medal voting comes around... And everyone writes it off and says, this is this is a midfielder's medal. There are the people in control of the game voting 16 out of 20. And you can say that Jackson's part of the midfield. Certainly Sinclair's been a little bit part of it. And even Dan Houston yeah. and Toby as well. So aren't the best players, don't we say, we get all our drive from the midfield. Now, I, I know the game's changed a bit and all that sort of stuff, but... It is interesting. The coaches are saying exactly what most Brownlow medalists are now, that the game is yeah. dominated by midfielders. Well, they're around the ball for, yeah. and they play most of the time now. I agree with that. But I don't mind your um, idea we had last year. We spoke about there's already got the Coleman medal. Yep. You've got the Brownlow medal. There should be a, a defender's medal yeah, as well. I agree. And that way everyone gets a, a bite of the ice cream. And, and, you know, you could do it on the coach's votes, the best defender, and or there was an award. Now, this, this might sound silly to you. I'll say it again. The AFL Players Association Award, half the players don't watch football and yet they vote on what they're not watching. It, it, it's ludicrous. I mean, I still can't work that out. There used to be an award, the AFL Media Award, and they've made a player of the year. All those guys and girls watch football all time and yep. compare. Now, do they always get perfectly the votes right? No, but who does? I mean, it's an opinion-based business. I would have thought that an award from the media for the defender of the year get everyone that goes to the footy that holds a ticket in the game 
vote 321 on the best defender of the year and we we present that along with the Coleman medal and the media defender of the year. I don't mind. What would you call it? What do you call the I think if you went back name. to the Hall of Fame fullback, a Silvani. Defensive player back, of the year. Yeah, you can come up with a name. Okay. And, and, and you know what? I reckon if you've got 20 smart people sitting around a room, you'd come up with a really good name for it. Text us on 0427154166, 0427154166. What would you call the award? Because I, I think the defenders are neglected. It's uh, You've got a Coleman, as I said, you've got the midfielders medal too. Can hey, I go just on that? Yep. You know last week, Harris Andrews, I, I thought he, he, he enabled Brisbane to beat the Adelaide Football Club. I thought he was absolutely outstanding. Oh, brilliant, actually. Now, bloody tomorrow um, on SCN... App, the Fanatic app. The Fanatic app. They've got all the games uh, the Matildas have played from Australia v Ireland. That seems a long while ago. They're going to have every game, Nigeria, Canada, Denmark and France, leading up to the 7pm live call from Stadium Australia. Good all, all thanks to Cobham Estate, Premium Australian Extra Virgin Olive Oil. How good is that? If you uh, want to hit replay them or rehear them, if you like. So every game the Matildas have played through the group matches, round of 16s, quarterfinals, and France included, you can listen to them all day on SEN Fanatic. Fanatic. Through the SEN. Wow. Hey, we've got a big show too. We have got, remember Nick Davis? Oh, yes, I do He's indeed. He's been to Sydney long while, kicked that yeah. marvellous goal. I was, I was at the game that night and was on the commentary team. And son of Craig Davis? Yes, it was, yeah, former and teammate. also Crows coach Nathan Van Berlo. Stick around, plenty more to come. The award-winning seven-seat Kia Sorento. Kia, official partner of the FIFA Women's World Cup 2023. Australian-owned and supporting communities, the arts and you. Join Lumo Energy today for a brighter essay. Malcolm Blight and David Wildey Sports Day essay. Gee, a lot of interest in that um, Yeah, about the Defender. Fenders, and I think most people agree getting a few texts coming through too. You can text on 0427154166. It is a midfielder's medal. I'll guarantee you a midfielder wins it again this year. There is a Coleman medal for the forwards, and I think the defenders get neglected. Now, we've had Dustin Fletcher as a suggestion. Well, I put him in my top five over 350-game players. The as, only, he's the only defender. You did. Now, you can vote on what you think the defenders medal should be called on our Twitter page. Just go to at Sports Day SA Twitter page, at Sports Day SA. So plenty happening there. Uh, true or false for mate? Try mate for a dollar. Get double data on selected mobile plans. Just repeating the big news today. Ken Hinckley, two more years at Port Adelaide and another year for Rory Sloan. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, just mentioning tonight too, we should mention this. Um, uh, Spain are playing Sweden in Auckland who will go to the final against oh, England versus Zealand. Australia. Yeah, it's in New Zealand. Auckland tonight. Yeah, Sweden. Sweden have been pretty good. Um, I, Japan were killing them until Japan got knocked out in the in the quarterfinals too. But they are gone. Simon a text says the Danny Frawley medal. Yeah, Danny Frawley, a wonderful defender, and of course, yeah. All right, here we go. Tuesday, true or false? You start for for mate. Okay, it's on the other bit of paper now. True or false? My first one tonight is Ken Hinckley signing for another two years is a really good call. I think it is, given on his body of work this year. Uh, had, he, had he not made the eight or just slimped in the eight, I'd say no. Josh Carr comes, but he couldn't have done any more. So, true. Thank you. True. Uh, just on the Port Adelaide theme, Travis Boak will play for Port Adelaide in 2024. Travis Boak, now Sloan's re signed. 
Yeah, I, I, I would. I, I think he's dropped off a bit. I don't think I've mentioned about his ribs. I think that's hurt him a bit. But he's still a because he's looked after himself. Unbelievable. Coming off as a sub, a bit like Rory Sloan. Yeah, I'd keep him around because he's a good bloke and he's not going to do any damage. Just quickly, who'd you tip out of Spain and Sweden? Uh, the, the, the winner. Half-time. Yeah, the winner. All right. Yeah. Uh, true or false? Rory Sloan for another year was a good call. Yeah, I think it is. I think he couldn't have done much more. Again, he's the heart and soul of Adelaide. He doesn't have to play every game. No. But I think, good call, that's true. Here's an interesting one for you. Harry Sheasel, the young lad for wearing number three for North Melbourne, yep. had an outstanding year, averaging yes, around 25 possessions a game. Yes, he, has. he deserves to win the Rising Star ahead of young Will Ashcroft, who's going to probably miss the last six or seven games. Yeah, that's, uh, this is a tough, tough call. Do you give it to the guy that's going to play every game and contribute in the bottom team or near a bottom team? Or you're going to go to the kid that looks as though the best one, but as you say, he's going to miss a third of the season. And as a, as a as a voter on that award, which I was at one stage, longevity in the game is, I think, two parts of the law. She's has been outstanding. outstanding. Yeah. And, so, and Ashcroft's and, and playing a better team. And Ashcroft would be so unlucky to lose it. But I'm, I'm actually starting to think, if you play 23 games at this level as a kid, compared to 12, 15. Well, yeah. and you can compare that to a Brownlow medal. You might get the best on ground the first six games, get hurt, and someone overtakes you. Gary Ablett lost lost his third Brownlow medal with a shoulder injury all those years ago. Is that Should right? have won it. Oh, yeah. Matthew okay. Prittis won it. And my last one, true or false, Damien Hardwick will be a good call at the Gold Coast Suns. Yeah, I think he will. I mean, And he's not silly. He's going to a, a pretty decent club. Um, they've got a lot of academy kids. I heard that. I heard um, yeah, Jonathan Brown them. talking about some stars coming. These guys look bloody. If you you came to Adelaide when they're right down the bottom, I think I think they're cherry ripe Gold Coast. If you could pick a team yep. to take up now, wouldn't it be the Gold Coast. He's not silly. Yeah, no, I'd have a million crack. bucks a year. Take it. You oh, got that twenty pro- years, three pro- years ago. Yeah, probably, probably you, would. On a little um, serviette, you write okay. them down. <laughs> hey, can I just say, we didn't, I don't think we mentioned the other night, uh, Cam Smith won his third live tournament. Did he? In New Zealand. At uh, New Zealand, New Jersey. He won by seven shots. Also, the team, the Ripper team, the Australian team won. And I want to mention a little girl. I shouldn't know little girl. I, I keep saying that. She's number one in the world now. Lilia Vu. She's a yeah. uh, Californian girl. She's got, this is in, uh, she's won the Women's British Open by six shots. It's her second major in a row in the golfing wow. world. She's 25, David. In 2019, she was 1,007th in the world. In 20, they didn't do it because of COVID. In 21, she was 244 in the world. Can you believe that? Last year, 22, she was 43 in the world. She is now number one in wow. the world. How's that for an improvement for a youngster? She's now perfectly aged at 25, won the last two majors. Good stuff there for Lumo Energy SA. Switch to the affirmative. Join Lumo Energy today. I've got one more quick one for you. Go. Marcus Bontempelli yes. will win the Brownlow medal in a few weeks' time. Marcus Bontempelli. I know you love him. Will finish top three in the Brownlow. I need to decipher my notes over the season, and I'll come back with a true or false on Brownlow night for you. So can Nick Dacos hang on? Can Nick Dacos hang on? Or can Butter and Rosie tie oh, for yeah. Port Adelaide in the Brownlow medal? You did say that. You did say that. And uh, that would have been a million to one if it happens. But uh, Blighty's like that. He's sometimes got the Midas touch. Hey, coming up, still a big show. 
We've got Nick Davis, former Swan star. Still works for them, actually, in yep. the AFLW arena. So looking forward to speaking with Nick. I don't know what makes Sydney so good. We can ask him that. And Adelaide Crows coach Nathan Van Berlake. They win two games. They go into the top eight. We think Malcolm Blight and David Wildey. This is Sports Day SA. The award-winning seven-seat Kia Sorento. Kia, official partner of the FIFA Women's World Cup 2023. Australian-owned and supporting communities, the arts and you. Join Lumo Energy today for a brighter SA. Welcome back to Sports Day SA. Malcolm Blight and David Wildey, all thanks to the Toolkit Depot. Tools, equipment, safety gear and workwear, the Toolkit Depot. Trading nights on Wednesday, August 23. Head to toolkitdepot.com.au for more details. Well, next guest, looking forward to speaking to Malcolm. He spent half his life at the Sydney Swans. Yes. Helped him get into the grand final. He's a premiership player. It's a famous name in footy too with both uh, Nick and his dad. And we welcome Nick Davis. Nick, thanks for your time. How are you? No, really well, thank you. You've had a, a wonderful career, Collingwood and Sydney. You've spent more than half your life in different roles with the Sydney Swans, haven't you? Yeah, I have. I, I came back to Sydney um, in 2003. It was my first year back at the Swans. And then uh, I had a couple of years out when I finished playing in, in 2010. But, yeah, sort of been back now um, since 2012. Started as a runner in, in 2012 for the Premiership then. <laughs> and some development roles, assistant coaching roles with the men's. Uh, through our talent pathways with the academy, and now with uh, AFLW, so it's been—I've been really lucky to uh, to be a part of the club since yeah, 2003. Yeah, and a premiership club. What makes them so good, Malcolm? And I were just talking before about only two coaches really in the last, you know, 20 odd years: Ruzi and, and John Longmire. And you very rarely lose decent players, and you can attract players. What what makes Sydney so good? Um, oh, there's a few things. Um, but it's, it's not a bad lifestyle. It does cost a little bit more to live here, as it's been pretty well documented. But um, look, I think it's just been stability, you know, on and off the field um, through our whole club, through our, our team and um, our, our heads of footy. Obviously, our coaches only having two head coaches since I've been here, and even our sponsors have had TBE and, and our major sponsors on board for a long time. So stability, um, you know, it attracts talent on and off the field, and it helps us keep them as well. So and. And winning games, absolutely, that uh, that helps as well. Yeah, identifying talent. Now, I was at a game. It was called the second semi-final in 2005 <laughs> at Geelong playing a Sydney in the SCG, which ended up being a famous, famous premiership win, as David's mentioned. But that last quarter of yours and uh, the Anthony Hudson famous line, when you kick the last goal to put them in front and win by three points, I see it, but I don't believe it. Yeah. I was, I was thinking, I was, I was screaming out for Rougie, make a change, do something, Paul. You and were, you... Malcolm. It's a, it's a, your voice is something very familiar to me. I've, I, I've, as you can imagine, that uh, I have seen that quarter and in particular those last four goals a few times. But, uh, yeah, it, as you can probably remember, it was a while ago, but, yeah, it was a wet night and things sort of weren't really going. And, and Rougie did make a couple of changes at, at three-quarter time to... Probably more to where we wanted to hit the ball. We used to hit it in sort of tight and let our, our hard-nosed bits go to work. But we started to hit the ball on the outside where uh, where the half-boards were. And, look, I happened to just get in the way four times and, and ended up kicking the four goals. And probably, it, it's sort of, uh, uh, it's probably a lot different to the Matildas. But, um, obviously, their, their big uh, quarter-final last week when similar to my semi-final. If you don't go on and win it, 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 it probably, it, it, it's not a bad game, but it doesn't meet as much. But the fact that the Swannies were able to go on and, and, and win in 2005, it, um, it sort of adds to it a little bit more. 
Nick, you know the thing I loved about it, and I, you know, I played a lot in the midfield, I played everywhere, but you actually weren't flat-footed. You, you know, when you're around half-forward, you actually got a bit on the move. You know, you can actually create some havoc doing that. Now, not enough players do it. I see some do it, but the way you did it that night was brilliant because you're on the move. Yeah, and probably with a level of anticipation, uh, Malcolm, and that comes with practice. We we did practice a lot of those stoppages, um, you know, in pre-season and during the season, and, and you've coached successfully, and you can anticipate if you've practiced it a lot. And we had uh, myself on the right side, and then Adam Snyder and Abe Buchanan, the left footers, uh, working their side. But I probably anticipated a little bit more, and yeah, got on the move and. Um, sort of had an idea of where it was going, but yeah, yeah, with movement that makes you hard to defend as well. So yeah, it's not a bad point. You're involved with AFLW, and uh, that's certainly kicking goals. But what about this week? What a what a game, Sydney or mm. Adelaide? Whoever wins probably gets a spot in the eight. It's that tight. It's like a it's like a mini final, isn't it? Saturday night. Yeah, it's been like that for a few teams for the last probably months, and it's and it's really starting to tighten up now. Obviously. Uh, talking about this game, the, the Swans and, and the Crows, to, to be able to go down there. The, the Swans are, um, are on a bit of a winning streak. and um, it, It's sort of been that, that season where teams have been able to get on runs. And if you get healthy and, and you get your best players on the field, you're able to, to string some wins together. And the Swans have been able to do that. But I understand that they're, they're under no illusion that they're... they're They've got to run the table probably and, and go to Adelaide and, and, and beat a, a really good side. And then if they can do that, then you get Melbourne here at home you know, on the last uh, on the last round. But first things first, they've got to go to yeah. Adelaide. Uh, we know a lot of about their good players, Jordan Dawson. Uh, we knew how good he was when, when he walked out of here and he's, um, he's just gone from strength to strength and he's a fabulous leader for that club. Yeah, you got. I love some of your players too, Chad Warner, Golden, McInerney, McDonald. You got a heap of others, but just on Jordan Dawson, did you think he was this good? I mean, a lot of people in Adelaide wouldn't really have known of Jordan Dawson. He was a he was a good player, played on the wing half back, and and yeah, I know he had a very good last year, but he's come over here and absolutely killed it. Yeah, look, I, I probably do. I had a fair bit to do with Dawson. I was his development coach when he first arrived, and. Um, he he was always um, a, a really good talent, um, a beautiful left foot as everyone uh, would would know over in Adelaide, and probably in his development. Um, and Malcolm, you understand in, in your, your your last training session, you sort of run your your 18 versus the, the opposition, and, and Jordan Dawson was always probably the the key player in the opposition. He was Marcus Bontempelli, he was Gary Ablett, he was um, Paddy Dangerfield, he was. He was always the, the good player, so he so he'd do his homework of so he could, you know, let our let our A midfielders go against them, and he, he probably learnt some really good um, habits and, and tips from watching those players. And yeah, he, he's a quality human, um, and he's beautiful family from Robe. And um, yeah, look, we we knew how good he was, uh, but um, unfortunately, you can't keep more. No, that's no, that's true. Particularly the way that you, the Sydney team has recruited over the years. Just talking on that. You know when the academies first started in, in Sydney and the northern states and I was part of the Gold Coast Suns and all that sort of stuff and I think the Gold Coast are going to get some players out of it this year but I've been really impressed with the work that's happened in Sydney. Now I know it's been over a fair bit of time now but the academy has been a real winner for the AFL and for the Sydney Swans in New South Wales. Yeah, it has been, Malcolm. And look, probably the, the spotlight gets shone on um, Isaac and Callum, Errol. Braden Campbell, the the players that have come out and, and and made it for the Sydney Swans, but 
at the, at the grassroots level, at the community level, what it's been able to do to the game um, has been astronomical in regards to sort of boys and girls participation, uh, coaching participation. The academy has really been able to, to, to raise the standard. And um, like I said, everyone sort of sees the, the, the fruit on top being the really good players that have come out of it. But um, there's, there's hundreds of other young players that have been able to stay in the game of AFL in a, in a rugby league town with Sydney is, and, and you would have seen the same at the Gold Coast. Two of my favourite players, Nick, have come from Sydney, Adam Goods and Lance Franklin. I've been saying to Malcolm for the last five years, he's the best player I've seen in the modern era. You've seen him close up. and What has he meant for the club? And, and give us a snapshot on what Lance is like, because we don't hear him speak all that often in the media. Yeah, no, he, uh, when he sort of first came to the club, um, I was working in the senior department and uh, yeah, as everyone sort of knew, it was, it was a, a pretty well-kept secret and um, sort of met Lance and then walked down the corridor and, and, uh, and the horse has gone, OK, now it's your job to fix the, the best play in the competition's goal kicking. And I was like, oh, great, what am I going to tell this guy? 600 goals, how to goal kick. But uh, we struck up a, a, you know, a really good friendship and a, and a bond there. Um, and I was just lucky. I got to stand on the market training and watch the, uh, the best goal kicker of the modern era uh, go to work and and try and help him out. He's a, he's a modest guy. He's, he's, a, he's a humble champion, uh, a great family man. And it's probably not going to be until two or three years down the track that we really realise, you know, how good he was. And uh, and I was probably the same with with Adam Goods, given the fact that I was really close mates with him at the club and, and played with him. That you don't really understand the you know the aura of them and, and how they're held in 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 the footy world, but. Uh, yeah, I've been really lucky to, to play with, with Goodsy and then to uh, and, and to watch Bert, uh, Bud go to work um, here at the Swans. And he'll be missed, not only by the Swans, but by the game. Yeah, David mentioned you've had two coaches, seems like, for 100 years. <laughs> Paul Roos and John Lomma. I know John really well. I, I'm, I don't know if I've ever said this publicly, but uh, after Guy McKenna finished at the Gold Coast Suns, I, only, I rang one person, I was on the board, and I rang one person, John Longmire, just to see if he was still committed to the Swans, and he said I was. I never rang him again. I've spoken to him a number of times <laughs> since, but that's how I rated him, you know, just as a person going around a footy club. And he just continues to do it, doesn't he? You would have been very close to him. What are some of his strengths? Um, look, I reckon he's been able to really adapt and evolve his, his coaching and his leadership style to the game. Uh, it's hard, Malcolm, you know. It's, in, a, in an AFL competition with draft and salary cap, it's meant to equalise and you're not meant to stay at the top for a long time. And he's been able to evolve his coaching style to the game and also to the to the athletes. The, the, the kids that come through now, they're a bit different to when he was probably coached by Dennis Pagan and that, uh, that fire and brimstone sort of coach. Um, and he's got that in him, but he's been able to really adapt and, and I really admire that for, for John to... To be able to, to you know, be at the pointy end of a competition in a really good team, he's, um, he's adapted his style of coaching a lot. Now, Nick, time flies. You're 43 now. I want to ask a question. Have you ever had a job outside of footy? Has it always uh, been yeah, football? Yeah, no, I have, no. I, uh, I worked at the race. I was a foreman at, uh, at Randwick there for a little while. I was got yep. a bit of a, I had a horse interest I can ride and all that sort of stuff. So I uh, worked at the races for a little bit. And then a mate of mine had a concrete business so I jumped on the tools there for a little while and uh, I enjoyed that I, I just enjoyed it um, just learning something new because I've, I've been playing footy in yeah. you know high representative teams since 15 and sort of probably knew it inside out but I, I just really enjoyed the challenge of, of 
learning something new. But um, in speaking of learning something new, coaching girls is something absolutely new to me too. So they're just about to enter the field, so I might have to take off. <laughs> one last quick one then, mate. I've got to ask you this. I know you love your horses and all that sort of stuff, but I, I played with your dad at North Melbourne. I know he played at the Swans and Carlton. But I, I had a look at the records today. I noticed Nick uh, Craig, your father, good fella, played 163 games. You've ended up playing 168. Do you take the bragging rights when you get with your dad? Yeah, and I got the premiership. He unfortunately yeah, of course, yeah. losing one. So, yeah, um, that's uh, right. I, um, no, I, that probably yeah, that probably trumped everything, buddy. There was no one prouder uh, on 2005 than him. So, uh, no, hey, I, Nick, do, I probably did win. Thanks for the chat, mate, and uh, good luck with the girls. No worries. Thanks, guys. Bye. Nick Davis here, former Swan star. Does four losers equal one winning? <laughs> Malcolm, what are they? how many losers did you play? Um, uh, played a couple? Yeah. And yeah. a couple, couple two or three wins? wins? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's incredible. So yeah, actually, I was, I was talking the other day with a good mate of mine just to finish this off. I think I played in, or played or coached fourteen grand finals, and I think there might have been another one for seven. Was it seven all? No, seven wins, six losses, and a draw. And a draw. Incredible. Yeah, and that, and when you get to that end of the season, you know, like the two best teams, yeah. roughly, because they've, they've got there, it's probably a fifty-fifty result over. Yeah. Well, it is. It's a fifty-fifty result over one hundred and twenty years. I remember that uh, goal he kicked, and you, you mentioned the Hudson. Yeah. I didn't see it, but don't believe it. Clinton Gribus also did a magnificent call okay, there. It was yeah. just um, at the late Clinton Gribus yeah. now. But well, Malcolm, let's go to Adelaide assistant uh, coach Nathan Van Burley for tyre power winter safety sale now on. 25% off equivalent, four for three on selected Falcon tyres. Tire power, uh, get your free five-minute safety check. It's a lot of what-ifs in a bloody Adelaide. <laughs> they lose to Collingwood yes. by one and two points, Melbourne four, Brisbane six, and they played some super footy, particularly against the good sides. Yeah, it, it, if you put it down for an lucky season, but you know what? You're still a chance, and that's the main thing now. So this this weekend's game, I mean, obviously, is going to tell a lot of things about it, but the, the team's improved. The side's improved. The club's improved. I think it's been a, a great yeah. year. So if, uh, welcome, Nathan. Uh, I suppose you think the same thing. What if? I mean, so close and against quality opposition. Yeah, you're right. You're right, guys. It's been a... Um like it's a really pleasing year in a, in a lot of aspects, um, but as Nixie touched on on the weekend, still, still bitterly disappointed with the narrow losses that we have had. Um, but I guess, yeah, as you mentioned, we're still alive, and uh, we've got to make sure we get it done this weekend against a quality outfit and a team that's in some serious form at the moment. So, season's still alive, and, and we're really excited by what lies ahead. And if we're good enough and the results go our way, then uh, we firmly believe we can do some damage at the pointy end of the year. Sadly, you're getting depth too, and then we've got to take our hats off the recruitment. Who've been, you know, they've been slammed recent years. But I reckon the last couple of years, if you lost your your key backs and a couple of others, you, you get blown away. But Keane comes in, Worrell, now Curvis, all doing a job. Borlace recently, it's been incredible. The kids come up and step up to the plate. Yeah, it has, David. It's been, you know, I mean, great for our SNFL team to be performing the way they have done all year, and you know, week in week out, Nick Godden and his his uh, development coaches have been saying, look, he's ready to go, he's ready to go, and opportunity hasn't necessarily been there for a lot of the guys. But, but what's been pleasing is when it has been there, you mentioned Borlace and Keane in more recent times, and Nankervis, look, they've come in and, and virtually fit in seamlessly, which has been you know, really pleasing from a development point of view. And you know, this opportunity for these guys is only going to make us as a group stronger in you know, the back end of this year and then in the years to come. So you know, it's been really pleasing. 
Nathan, I, will, I, I think I've probably said this to you before, but I'm a great believer in percentage. I mean, it really dictates what's happened to the season. I mean, you're six on percentage, which, you know, I, mean, I know you get a bit lucky whether you played North Melbourne, the West Coast Eagles, but over a long period of time, I think that's pretty indicative where you could be, maybe should be, and still can be, um, you know, with a big game. Hey, can I just ask you a question? Jordan Dawson, from an outsider's point of view, we saw him play that very good first year. We know he ran third in the Swans' best and fairest. And we just spoke to Nick Davis yeah, about him. him. Yeah, I, you're a former captain. I noticed today, uh, 64 games as captain. Now you would have seen this lad from coming into the club brand brand new, and suddenly he's captain. How, how's he gone about it? And I'm sure he would have sought out Rory Sloan and Tex Walker, and even yourself, I guess at times, just to work it out. Yeah. Oh, Malcolm. Look, I mean, Dawson's rise to where he is now is has been outstanding for, for him as a, a person and after the footy club but back to your you know, initial question around I guess A, did we see it coming um, within a week of him being at the football club and probably within my first couple of conversations with Dawson and, and seeing the way that he went about training and, and connecting with the group um, I reckon it was I was straight into to Nixie and to, to Dan Jackson our leadership manager and saying that we've, we've got a great egg here and guy who's going to be really critical to us moving forward in a leadership space and also performance-wise. And um, Look, I'm so thankful that he's at our footy club now. I mean, did a great job to get him here, and I, I think he's he has surpassed all expectations already of what we had for, for him and, yeah. I guess, the impact that he's had on the group already. So you mentioned Rory Sloan and Taylor Walker. They've been you know, great confidants for him already, um, and they're obviously going to be around for, for next year as well, which I know Dawes really leans on them a lot. Um, for their guidance, but he's also his own man and he's, he's made some decisions that, that maybe other guys might not have done, so he leads in his own way as well, but, but most importantly, he's been leading from the front on field all year. Yeah, great news too, Sloaney re-signing. Nathan, did you guys get it wrong with Matt Krauts? We, we, we could never understand, you know, sitting in the cheap seats, but why he wasn't getting a game, and since he's come back, he's been outstanding, arguably in your best two or three every week. Um when you look back, and you've obviously got reasons, but he's obviously here to stay the way he's playing at the moment. Yeah, Crouchy's attitude first and foremost all season and back in the last year was outstanding. Um, and we had a really, um, myself and Nixie, a really um, honest conversation with Crouchy heading into this year and really clear with him on what we wanted him to work on in, in terms of his game. And to his credit, he went about working on those aspects at SNFL level and, and played above the level every week um, and then when his opportunity was presented to him uh, a few weeks back with Rory Laird going out of the side um, he just said no I'm not going out of his side through performance and, and showed that he's able to I guess play alongside uh, Rory Laird, Rory Sloan, Jordan Dawson etc and, and contribute at a level that um, you know, is, is elite and I mean in the last three weeks has been three four weeks so he's been phenomenal from Crouchy and if he keeps performing at this space there's there's no reason why he can't continue to play an important role for us. I said last night, Nathan, this is... Um, Rory Led's been a fantastic player. He's a really good player, best and fairest winner. We know all that. I just I just reckon his use of the ball in the midfield has just dropped off a bit. Now, it probably has always been a bit like that. Crouchy, I did some numbers. It's only on one game, and this is no big deal, but Crouchy had 80% effectiveness. Rory Led had 65%. And I know there's different circumstances and different balls. But is is that something that you can work with Rory Laird? We know he can get the ball. 
Is it something where you can put someone else in there and put him half back, or do you keep him in there and get him better with his distribution? Oh, we we love what Larry gives us in and around the footy, and you know, as midfield coach too, he's he's one of the first picks for me every week. Just what he's able to give us in and around the contest, his quick feet, um, and more often than not, he actually has some pretty close attention from an opposition midfielder or or tagger, which you know you can't underestimate how hard that is to work through on, on a week to week basis, but. Letty just goes, goes about his work and, and often impacts in a different way at times. But, yeah, there's, there's always a challenge when you're under pressure and you're in and around congestion of you know, maximising every ball that you do get. Um, Rory's not alone in, in our midfielders and working at trying to make sure they maximise every possession they get. Um, Crouchy on the weekend, as you mentioned, he was outstanding. Uh, his ability yeah. to, to go at the game and, and, I guess, make every possession count, particularly you know, those ones inside the contest where you have to just be tough and strong and, and find a release. You look at Dawson as a as a tall midfielder. We're talking about if Laird went back, who goes out? Miller has been outstanding. So too Mitch Hinge. Could Hinge Hinge down the track, Nathan, be a big bodied midfielder? Has he got the tank? Is he he's got that big leg? He can he's a beautiful kick. He's got great skills. Could it be one of those players that you could look at? Yeah, look. I mean, his his rise this year has been fantastic for us, and off the back of a strong preseason. Um, and let's not forget, he started the season as, a, as a, a winger for us in the first, I think it was about four or five games uh, before going down back when Dawes came up on around the footy. And um, he's certainly a, you know, a really elite winger for us. Um, and playing inside, um, we haven't exposed him to that yet, but I, I dare say if he keeps progressing the way that he is, there's no reason why he wouldn't try and add that, add that string to his bow um, because that speed, power and I guess, penetration in and around the contest is always... It's always going to be something you're looking for. Um, but, yeah, first and foremost, his ability to perform for this year has been first class. Just going back to Matty Crouch, I've said for years, just, I mean, him and Brad were very similar. They just didn't use their legs in, they wanted to handball all the time. I just reckon Matt Crouch has got on his bike a bit, more so than ever I've seen him play before. So, so hopefully that's really good coaching from underneath somewhere that he actually takes the game on with his feet now because he's quick enough and he's smart enough. The other bloke I thought that you might say might be next in line, Luke Pedler is that sort of guy, isn't he? Yeah. He looks like being something terrific going forward. Yeah, look, Peds has um, he's had some exposure to the midfield this year and that was always part of our planning with him because, um, you know, unfortunately over the last few years he hasn't had a great deal of continuity with his footy and we wanted to get him settled in the forward line and hopefully allow him to impact games ahead of the ball, which I think we'd all agree he's done that really well for the most part of the year and you know then we, we sent him in at centre bounce for a few looks here and there and he's been doing that on a weekly basis and and the right times we've exposed him to some um, the minutes around the footy and I guess bigger picture yeah he's definitely one that we will uh, continue to grow in the off season along with uh, Josh Rochelle who spent some time around the footy as well because those guys with uh, speed power and I guess that little strength around the footy um, you can never have too many of them yeah yeah, the ability to score is amazing, Nathan, from where it's come on. And you've got a wonderful mix forward line. I love McAdam and Rankin and Walker and Phil Thorpe, these sort of guys. And you can th- throw in Rochelle and, and other guys running through. But I think you're second or third in points for it. It's remarkable uh, transformation, really. Yeah, look, there's been a lot of work, um, I guess, going into our offence this year, as well as our defence and contest work. But... Um, we, we know we've got some, some talent ahead of the ball and if we're able to, to, I guess, give ourselves every chance to 
to get ourselves shoulders out of every contest with good method, that that's going to give us a great chance to put them in in best position to win the footy. So um, I think you know they're not only winning more contests this year and playing with some really good method ahead of the ball, but I think um, you know our backs. You mentioned Miller and Mike Delaney and Josh Wall, and these guys have been playing yeah. with some really good method behind the footy to to deliver it to them. And our mids have been have been pretty good for the most part as well. So. It's all encompassing, but it's been really pleasing to see, I guess, our system grow in that regard because, I mean, if you only think back 12 months, a lot of the ways that we were winning our games was just through a lot of scrapping it out and being really tough and honest in and yeah. around the contest and grinding it out. But, you know, that extra method and system this year has been uh, a really good bit of growth for us. Nate, thanks for the chat. Good luck this week. What a clash against Sydney. Really, really looking forward to it. Thanks very much. Good to chat. Nathan Van Burlow there. Just about it for us, Malcolm. What about tomorrow on the show? We've got Jenna McCormick to preview the Matilda's, Matilda's game. game. of course. I'll be Mary Poppins there. You better send me text messages <laughs> winning. And remember Alex Silvani played oh, the Dockers. They yeah, take on Port Adelaide. He was in a TV show recently too and uh, ask him about that. Uh, absolutely brilliant. Love watching that. But Nathan Van Burlow and Nick Davis giving the perspective. But Crows, yeah. Ten wins. I still think they can finish with 12. Can do. That's it for us, Malcolm. Uh, We'll do it all again tomorrow between six and seven. Bye for now. Bye, David.